1: Good morning everybody and welcome to another episode of Einstein and GoGo. I'm Dr. Shane. Thanks so much for tuning in. A big thank you also to the team from Radiotherapy for bringing us through to 11 o'clock. We've got you for an hour now and we have a spectacular show, uh, designed for this week. I use designed kind of in a very liberal sense. Uh, but in the studio with me is our weather champion, Andrea from the bomb, or as my son calls her, the bomb.
2: Good morning. How are you? Welcome back. It's been, <laughs> what, we were you. just
1: saying April since you were in. I
2: know this year has gone so fast. What the hell's going on? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, you
1: keep saying no. Anyway.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you say that every time.
1: I know, I know, because you know, we love having you in here. It's great having you in. It's, it's good to talk about the weather because you know, you know, I'm a bit of a weather freak. You are? And love the weather. Uh, probably should have been a meteorologist, but thankfully I'm not. No, uh, you just need
2: to come and work for the Bureau, though.
1: Yeah, I could do that. <laughs> yeah, line that up. Next time the director role comes up, give me a call.
2: Oh, well, we're friends. We can, we can try and pull some strings.
3: Yeah,
1: sounds good. (laughs) And one of our own, Dr. Linden, good morning. Good morning,
3: Dr. Shane, how are you?
1: Climatologist extraordinaire.
3: Yes, not so much weather, more about the climate, but you know, the weather stops for no one. No wonder Andrea is so busy.
1: (laughs) 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 Although it did stop the other week, remember I sent a message and, and there was a, there was a computer error or something and the, and the forecast didn't go up. And I was going fishing. We didn't go fishing because... I
2: couldn't believe that. We yeah, the rely so heavily alive. on technology these days, and when it falls over, what yeah. happens? Everything stops. People
1: freak out. Oh no. Yeah, So, And, uh, of course, the person responsible for you, Dr. Linden, who recommended you is...
2: <laughs> my mum?
1: Well, yeah, partly. Uh, Dr. Ailey, who has, you know, you've been producing things and you've I come, have. You've come back. That's I have. I'm
0: back. I'm back. I'm not, not producing Lyndon though, because I? No, that's no, that's no, a bit no. weird. But, no. yeah. you just <laughs> said someone this. else's mum yeah, now. Yeah, someone, that's right. Someone yeah. else's yeah. mum now. There's this sad so, creature yes. named
1: Lyndon. Can you take care of her? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, say, yeah we'll get her no. in. We'll see how we go. Yeah. She's, yeah. She's turned She's out frighten. okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but yes, no, so I, I have been reproducing and, uh, yes, almost reproduced on this show actually. I went into labor on this show, unbeknownst to me at the time. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yes, I did. I think it was,
1: was it Ray or Chris? What? It was
0: Ray, yeah. yeah we were in and it. Lauren was here too. And Dr. Here. Lauren was here. And, and we kept
1: joking about getting a yeah. chat. And I'm
0: like, oh yeah, anyway, ended up giving birth that night. So uh, there you go.
1: Cause <laughs> I've been promising, <laughs> I've been promising listeners for years that we'd have an on, on air birth. Oh,
0: that close. And
1: that's as close as we've that been. That
0: close. It was ours. Right. So yeah. It was ours. Yeah. Mm, pretty
1: interesting. funny. <laughs>
0: and so <laughs> little baby Triple R is, is doing well. Yes. Yes. Little baby Triple R is doing very well.
1: <laughs> yes. Is <laughs> it got its own sort of water? Little
0: me- baby, sorry, Dr. Triple R. Little baby R. Doctor yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: Has it got like some little meteorology things already? Oh my is gosh. Sort she, of the toys?
0: She's got little oh yeah, she's got little clouds, she's got <laughs> everything. So I have to say, this is a bit of an aside, my best friend who's wonderful, she actually made me a little blanket that has the maximum temperature for every day of my pregnancy. Oh my gosh, oh that's nice, the and best it's thing on ever. the wall. It's been So different on the wall. colours. So different colours represented the b- different temperatures. So it's mm-hmm. all like blues for the colds and reds for the hot. Oh, and so it's, yeah, it's really pretty. There's cool. actually a knitting pattern online
3: that you can get the global temperatures from. AB2 oh, well, there you go. The you see? So that's
1: no, disturbing. That yeah. <laughs> so it's interesting because, you know, as an astronomy guy and yeah. space guy, you know, my kids, their rooms are, you know, covered in space stuff. Right? Yeah. I mean, so uh, do you three like as meteorology type people, you know, and climate people, it, do the kids rooms get covered? Covered with, like, you know, tornadoes about to rip well, their house Well, I think apart I'm the only like one that. with
0: a kid, but yes. Yeah, bit, you know, is
1: that going <laughs> to well, be the point? Is that
0: the point?
2: Yeah, plan? yeah, yeah, for me, absolutely. Or is it
1: unicorns and fairy well, tales? No, no, no,
2: well, I'm in planning because, yeah. as everyone in the studio knows, I'm actually going to be having a baby as well. And, During the show? Um, well, I was thinking maybe I should come back in February. Maybe yeah. that should be when my next show is. Yeah, um, but, yeah, and I've already bought cloud <laughs> yeah. shelves and, yeah. Um, yeah, looking at other weather things. So we're going to have to have a chat after totally, the Totally, totally. And clouds
0: <laughs> are in at the moment and baby clothes. it works really well. <laughs> anyway, that's an
1: aside. <laughs> anyway, so the whole uh, deal today, folks, is we've decided to do an entire show on weather systems and climate because it's rare that we get to do a theme show, and Lyndon's been very happy uh, to sort of corral these other two into the studio, even though bully Ailey- these women bully? out of yeah. the
3: sunshine yeah. into the office. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Ailey's still on maternity leave, and and well, you know, I mean, to be fair, Andrea just keeps saying no to me, so um, <laughs> the only way to get her in was for you to do it, and so we're doing a whole show basically on weather and climate. And it's going to be fun. So, Ailey, we're going to start with a few explanations, aren't we? Beth? Yeah, uh, yeah. Just to so, get people on the right page.
0: Absolutely, because we're, we're, we're going to kind of focus on extreme stuff here, and, yep. and namely kind of, well, storms, really, and different types of storms. We're going to talk about... um mostly kind of cyclones and, and stuff like that. And the reason we chose to this topic was, was basically because of everything that's been happening, particularly mm. in the last two years. We've had really active cyclone season, particularly in the North Atlantic. You've, everybody's probably seen the news re- uh, recently about Hurricane Maria and what was it, Harvey and Irma and, you know, the United States has been decimated. Um, you know, we've had a few big ones recently hit in Northern Australia. So we thought mm. let's talk about, Cyclones and, and all that kind of stuff. So first off, we just should put out there cyclones. What are they? Cause people do get a bit confused, right? And that's totally understandable because there's so much jargon flying around mm. in mm. meteorological circles. What we're talking about when we're talking about cyclones or tropical cyclones in, in this case is, um, hurricanes are the same thing. Typhoons, same thing. So, the names are kind of interchangeable in in the North Pacific, so around Asia, mm. they call them typhoons. North Atlantic, around the United States, they call them hurricanes. We call them tropical cyclones. Cult- the cultural differences. Yeah, 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 cultural differences. So exactly. But
1: there's so except for the fact they're in different hemispheres. Yes. I mean, there is actually nothing there's different nothing about different. these storms.
0: That's right. They all form in exactly the same way. They're Do they all
1: spin in the same direction.
0: No. Well, it depends on Ooh. the hemisphere. So, there you go. Yes, right. So
1: there is so so a slight difference. There is yeah. a
0: slight difference. However, it's not you know they all form in the same way and they all kind of need the same key ingredients so when we're talking about tropical cyclones what we need is we need those warm ocean surface waters usually above i think it's about 27 degrees celsius so you know those ocean uh, ocean basins where it's really warm they tend to form there we also need though we need what we call um sufficient coriolis force now coriolis force is the stuff that makes the air spin right Mm. so that's what makes tropical cyclones spin big weather systems spin yep. so we get it down here um in melbourne we get you know various weather systems high pressure and low pressure systems spinning certain ways that's because of the coriolis force but on the equator that force is zero mm. so it's got to be a little bit off the equator to be able to get that coriolis force.
1: hence they never cross the equator correct or they so, never get close to the equator no really, that's right because they, Cause I mean, they, they die before they get there because yeah. they
0: kind of peer out but the other thing we need is another jargon word here we go Low vertical shear. Like. Basically, all that is is a fancy word for kind of differences in wind speed with height. Okay, and so what happens is if that's too strong, and we have really strong winds up in the top of the atmosphere and really weak winds at the lower part of the atmosphere. Cyclone gets torn apart.
1: Right. right? So, the, so the top gets the top gets pulled, kind off, of the pulled, top, pulled right? off the top, yeah, effectively. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah.
0: Exactly. So you kind of need those winds to be a little bit more even throughout mm. the atmosphere as you go up. Is that
1: common? Well, it that, is that in the tropics, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, it,
0: as you go further towards the poles, that disappears, and that's that's one of the reasons why tropical cyclones um, don't exist further south i mean not only do they have that oh, too or sorry further yeah, yeah. towards the pole one it's too one cold One, too cold. but two because that shear as we call the wind basically just rips the cyclones okay
1: i never apart. knew that part they always knew yeah. about the cold bit. yeah
0: so there's these three key mm. ingredients for tropical cyclones that we we kind of need and and we'll come to why that's really important later um in terms of, of kind of the climate of tropical cyclones but yeah so so tropical cyclones are certainly one of the things we're going to focus on mm. today So Ailey talked about tropical cyclones.
3: Of course, they're not the only kind of cyclones that exist. As you go closer to the poles and away from that warm ocean, what you get is what's called extratropical cyclones. Not tropical Not tropical. So these are cyclones. So pretty much the low pressure systems that we see on the map, right? The low pressure systems that you see south, if you're looking at your standard weather map, the ones that you see south of Australia, they're called in the weather world, they're called extratropical cyclones. So these are low pressure systems that still spin, Mm -hmm. but they are existing in an atmosphere that has higher vertical wind shear.
1: So let me stop you there for a second. Oh yes. when you say low-pressure systems, and I'm going to throw this at Andrea because, you know, she's the comms person from the bomb. She'll <laughs> this out in seconds. I'm but, worried now. But what, but what do we mean? I mean, we just mean the pressure's lower lower in the middle. Is that all, is that all we're saying?
2: They're much tighter, smaller systems than the high-pressure systems. Mm-hmm. So in the southern hemisphere, the low pressure, um, yes, lower pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, we have also the air is actually ascending in a low-pressure okay. system, so it's going upwards. That's why we often see, you know, um, rain-bearing systems associated with a low-pressure system. because oh, all the, the uh, takes up, up. correct um, the isobars around the low pressure system are much t- closer together so the winds are much stronger so right. they're generally a smaller system whereas then you've got your higher pressure where the wind uh, the air is actually ascending from in a higher pressure system so often when the center of the high pressure system is kind of over us we get quite cloudy like almost like a blanket of cloud um, and that's because the air above is ascending down and it actually ends up we end up with what we call an inversion layer mm. which is so normally if we go upwards in height um the temperature decreases but because of this ascending air we actually can get this layer where the temperature is actually increasing with height and it acts like a blanket so then we get this blanket of cloud underneath our high pressure system so our nicest days are when the high center is just to our east and we've got sort of a northerly wind coming down over us that's when we get our nicest weather here in melbourne Mm. bit like today yeah, a little bit like today mm. and the next two days, which are going to be beautiful. So, you know, I'm not one to recommend taking a sickie, but if you're <laughs> going to do it, if you have one
0: up, up your sleeve, the next two days might be the day.
1: Guarantee, Yeah, guarantee. <laughs> I,
0: I will be at work in the Wait. next two Wait. days, just saying. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, Lyndon, those extra tropical cyclones you were talking about, they can look on satellite pictures a bit like tropical cyclones, yeah, can't absolutely. they? Yeah, absolutely. You know, that real spiral yeah, cloud. Absolutely.
3: You don't often get that eye. Ailey was talking about you need sort of low not much change in the wind with height. Yep. You don't really get that eye in these tropical cyclones, but you can see this sort of spinning. And the particular type of tropical cyclone that we might be more familiar with in Australia is called an east coast low. Maybe mm-hmm. this is more for Sydney listeners. Think the Pashibolka storm, you know, where that big ship got washed up mm, on the yeah, coast yeah, of yeah. Newcastle. That big storm that hit Sydney last year, you know, where we saw those pictures of the pools that were kind of falling the into the sea. The one
1: the seas where the water's supposed to be, people. <laughs> yeah. You know, is that the one? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, you, I just, you know, I'm all for rich people. Yeah. <laughs> all for it. But when you've got, <laughs> we've got the sea three feet outside your back door and you build a pool. Sorry. Yeah. I've got issues.
3: So the, yeah. the come up and storm, I guess <laughs> you might want to call it. Yeah. So these, uh, these okay. are East Coast lows and these are known, uh, these are a different type of extra tropical cyclone. But just to make it even more confusing, sometimes you can get a cyclone that then transitions into an extratropical cyclone. So it's an extratropical cyclone that's also an
1: ex-tropical cyclone. Are you freaking people out? Does that make sense? Yeah. It's a little Too bit many easy. Xs. Too many Xs. Many <laughs> I know, sorry. Now, can I ask a question about the eye? You, you know, yes. this, this whole show, I mean, I know some people are listening and that's great, but this is basically just for me <laughs> because you know I've got all these questions about the weather. Andrea knows, we do this every time she's on. Um, but with the eye, the size of the eye, is it do you get a bigger eye when the cyclone's stronger and the winds are speed uh, faster is is how do you determine the size of that that eye which is kind of relatively calm is that because... the? That's the, actually
0: a really good question. Is, is it because you know, the wind... Because like,
1: no, I always think of it answer. as like a bit like a race car around the racetrack, right? Where where I can only yeah. turn... If I'm going really fast, I can only turn so quickly. And so if I'm going really, really fast, my turning circle has to be bigger. And so I've always thought that, you know, when you've got a really strong Hurricane Cyclone that the eye is bigger because the wind speed's higher, because they just can't turn around the corner quick enough to keep going around the eye. Yeah, it, I mean, it's it's certain,
0: it's, look, I think the short answer is none of us. No, that's actually a really, really good question. We might have to put that put that on notice yeah. and come back to you, I got Dr. Shane. I love it.
1: i got but, them. Three, three of them. Got them. Look, it's certainly, it's certainly
0: true. It is certainly true, though. What you're saying um, is certainly true in the sense that the stronger cyclones do tend to have those more defined, big, big eyes. Big, defined eyes. Yeah, that's right. And I think that said, part of that is probably to do... So the, the reason the eye forms is actually from descending air yeah, yeah, through the centre yeah. of the cyclone. So even though we were saying low pressure systems in the centre is... Ascending air, so going up. Yep. Um, what actually happens in a, in a tropical cyclone is you, you get all the air go, rushing up, it hits the lid of the top of the atmosphere, and then some of it kind of, uh, comes back down in the centre, mm. right? So mm. you get descending air, and it's actually that that causes the eye wall. So you gotta have a really strong cyclone right, right. to get that descending air in the minute, uh, in the middle. So I suppose the lower the central pressure, which is how you define the strength of a cyclone, the lower the central pressure generally but the faster the winds, mm. and so you 're going to get that more defined eye so I think it 's probably reasonable to say of, yeah. um, that it 's a combination of that but whether that's the size of the eye, don't I, I don't know, because it's probably dependent on the size of the cyclone as well. I would say. Hmm. Yeah, and it doesn't mean just because the cyclone is
2: really, really big, that doesn't yeah. mean it's the strongest cyclone. No, that's no, right. no, no, yeah, no, 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 no. So we've had some much smaller yeah.
0: systems um, that have actually caused, you More know, damage. yeah, really Co- bad. Yeah. Correct me if I'm damage. wrong, but Tracy was like that. Is that right? Tracy, Tracy, yeah, Tracy was tiny, but was really packed a punch. Yeah yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. also
2: back in the seventies, obviously. Well, true. <laughs> building codes weren't quite exactly. It depends
3: on how you how you're defining it. Yeah, it's central right. pressure or it's yeah. impact and yeah. that yeah. goes to a lot to do with warnings and those kinds of things. Hopefully we'll touch now on that. And a just
1: before we go to a break, because we, we need to play some music just to people, could you, all the jargon. Anyway, um, <laughs> but the, um, the, the other question is of course around the idea of, um, tornadoes. Now, we just need to be clear here, these are very, very different Structures. So, I mean you are a tornado chaser <laughs> in Tell am, us I what's the difference.
2: Well actually um, you can get tornadoes out of mm. cyclones uh with in hurricanes. We've seen that. There's definitely I think with uh when Harvey crossed the coast um, in the US recently, um, there was definitely reports of tornado damage. Um, but tornadoes themselves are quite quite different um uh, to cyclones uh much smaller let's mm. start with mm. that um but tornadoes themselves actually form out of thunderstorms so we can have thunderstorms without a cyclone um, yep. and in australia we can pretty much see um thunderstorms anywhere our strongest thunderstorms ch- tend to be sort of in the around the southeast queensland um northern new south wales area and that's really just a case of um basically where all the ingredients line up so it's not dissimilar to a cyclone. In that they all need their ingredients. Um, in Victoria, we don't see quite so many um, severe thunderstorms, and it's a severe thunderstorm that causes mm. um, the mm. tornadoes to occur. So for a severe thunderstorm, again, it's all about that... Um, the ingredients. So we need sufficient heat, we need sufficient moisture, we need something to kick the storm off. We need a, a, what we call a lifting mechanism. So it might be a frontal system coming through, a trough, it might be um, a sea breeze convergence where we've got a northerly wind and then we've got the southerly wind coming in off the water and that's just enough to force the winds upwards in the atmosphere. Um, and similar to cyclones, we actually need the perfect wind shear. Right. Um, so again... Yep. If there's too if the wind shear, the vertical wind shear, so again, going upwards with height, um, if the winds are too strong aloft, they'll they'll rip the storm apart. But if they're sort of perfect, <laughs> um, we get rotation in the middle levels of the storm and that causes the storm to be quite um, mature, Um, and that's where we can see the tornadoes Mm. occur. And so, um, yeah, much smaller, much, much smaller scale. And the same with, um, with thunderstorms, obviously a much smaller scale, um, but still pack a huge punch. And in fact, um, just thinking about what a severe thunderstorm is, large hail, heavy rain, damaging winds and the tornadoes. So that's our, um, Mm. sort of our key ingredients that, or the key phenomena that we're looking for. And in Australia, about only one in 10 thunderstorms are actually severe. Right. So often we can get storms that produce hail and can produce some damage, um, but really only around 1 in 10 are actually severe.
1: Still a fair few. I mean, just before we go, the, the wind speed in tornadoes is comparable to hurricanes. That's the thing. Yeah, I find it can amazing be faster, faster, yeah. Yeah, because they're only... So, you know, tornadoes on average are hundreds of metres to probably half a kilometre max. Oh. Not no, that. Not that. Much yeah. smaller in yeah, Australia. So, yeah, yeah,
0: Much smaller in Australia, but in the States they can be up to two kilometres wide. Up to wide. two kilometres wide. Yeah. So,
1: you know, that's relatively small compared to literally hundreds of kilometres oh, for hurricanes and cyclones. You still have the eye
2: yeah. of a cyclone, yeah. much yeah. bigger than, yeah. than what yeah.
1: you would see with a um, tornado. Yeah, you, you could, sh- <laughs> you in could in fit a tornado in an eye of a cyclone. Yes. <laughs> <I> Meteorologically,
0: <mean, laughs> you could gosh! I'm feeling a new disaster movie coming on Right here. I love
1: that. That's okay. We're doing it, folks. You didn't hear that? Uh, pattern penning. We're we're gonna gonna take a break for some music and we're back uh, in just a moment with some more um, weather and climate for you. It's fun stuff. Yeah, you are listening to Triple R. We're doing a show on weather and climate today, folks, and we have the weather gurus and climate gurus. I'm not sure. Is it an an insult to call you a climate or a weather guru from the other perspective? You're all sitting together. so
3: I definitely think if someone was to call me a meteorologist, I wouldn't be offended, but I would be letting them down.
1: (laughs) So it's not like it's not like once upon a time when Dr. Lauren was on years ago, I caught her really bad. I've got this audio somewhere, so we can always use it, where I said, what's the difference between ophthalmologists and optometrists? Is it like astronomers and astrologers? And she goes, yeah, pretty much. <gasps> and she didn't realize what she said straight away. And then she goes, no, 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 I didn't mean that. Because ma- she was married to... Uh, anyway, all good. I've got the audio there. So if ever she doesn't give me the $1,000 a month of basketball, I'll just link it. <laughs> Andrea, now yes. you're going to before we get in more into the whole climate stuff, you're going to give us a bit of an outlook of what's coming for Victoria because um, the weather's a bit squirrely. Yeah, well, I kind of it? felt
2: like last summer was kind of a bit of a mm, bit of summer? a nothing summer yeah. really for us. I mean, yeah. look, let's not complain because we know the kind of damage that can be caused um, with bad storms and bad bushfires. So you know, it's not something to joke about. Um, but I did feel that it was quite important that we did have a bit of a chat about what the outlook for Victoria might be.
3: Because so the bureau's recently released its severe weather outlook, is that right?
2: Yeah, that's it. So just last Monday, actually. Um, mm-hmm. So we we always release the tropical cyclone outlook, and we've sort of started to extend that a little bit to cover um, a bit more about what's going to happen in other parts of the country. Um, we have the we work really closely with the Bushfire Natural Hazards CRC, and they put out a um, a bushfire sort of potential um, map each year, um, and so we've incorporated that, and and we're looking more at heat waves and things like that now, which are obviously all we're starting to see them really start to impact us.
0: So, how does the the bushfire um, CIC come up with the, their map? Is that to do with like the seasonal forecast they get from you guys, plus fuel yeah. loads, plus that yeah, kind of stuff? Yeah, that's
2: exactly right. So, um, it's a bit, it's quite a collaborative. Um um, I guess, outlook that they come up with. Um, so looking exactly what you said. So looking at what's happened um, in the past. So what our winter's been like, how much rainfall there's been, where there's been rain, um, whether the vegetation's drying out, what our outlook is. So whether we're in for, you know, a hotter summer and that's incorporating the climate drivers and, and things mm. like that.
3: From memory, I think we had quite, a, I mean, pretty good rains in autumn, but we had a very dry winter. So I imagine the bushfire outlook is looking pretty bleak.
2: Yeah, huh? absolutely. So for Victoria um for this year with the bushfire outlook basically we've got more than probably half almost probably three quarters of the state um, have a really high bushfire potential, which is pretty scary. Great! Uh, yeah. <laughs> Look, especially considering that last year um, we didn't see many bushfires and so, yes, that's a good thing but it also means that there's a large part of the state that hasn't burnt for some time um, and we have had, um, we did have some good spring or uh, early season rainfall or earlier in the year um, which of course causes the vegetation to grow, but then winter was uh one of our driest well in Australia anyway uh, one of our driest on record so
1: C- can I ask a question there like I've often heard people say, you know, it's important that we have these bushfires, you know, because, I mean, is that true or yeah, is this... Yeah. It, so is it actually a, a necessary... Because, I mean, in terms of climate and, you know, burning wood and stuff, this is not good, right, that we we do so much of this um, because Australia actually has a fairly large fuel load at any given time and a lot of captured carbon that we basically, you know, let burn off. Yeah. So what would happen... Say, for example, we, we became capable of really just stopping these bushfires, I mean, or, or really reducing them. And what... I mean, what would be the... The impact, would that be really problematic? Do we need to have this happen? Is it something that's so crucial?
2: Well, I'm not sure that we can stop the bushfires.
3: Hmm.
2: Uh, I mean, just lightning strikes on yeah, their yeah, yeah. own can cause them. So, I I don't think we could actually prevent okay. them. You know, even if we could stop people from lighting them, um,
1: yeah. they're
0: still nature. I, yeah. I feel like this is coming back to that disaster movie and controlling the weather. <laughs> oh, yeah,
1: is <laughs> part two. But I think um, ecologists,
0: ecologists are the ones that you well, talk about. Yeah, you know, I mean that's the question because to Australian ecosystems and things. Right. To me, but, it's
1: around. It's also around. You know, just is the intensity. Of the, of these fires changing and how will that change the ecology of the nation? Because if they are becoming far more intense and they're, they're more catastrophic, you know, so they cover larger areas, then all of a sudden, you know, the ecology of the country starts changing very fast and that's, that's a huge threat. So I'm not sure how much, how much that is different or. No,
2: well, I mean, we've always. You know, we're the country of droughts and flooding mm. rains, and we've always had Apparently. bushfires. Um, so I think our environment is very susceptible, but very, also very um, able to adapt. Um, so, yeah, I th- yeah. It, it's an, another really interesting question. You'll, I wonder if we ha- you'll have to get uh, ecologists in here to talk yeah, about
3: it. Yeah, this. Oh, we've got one.
1: You and Jenny. Oh, you and Jenny. But, oh, the, you and the, yeah, but, but, you know, I wonder if it was on the <laughs> original brochure, people reading going, droughts. Flooding rains. I'm not going there.
3: <laughs> the brochure, the brochure that was uh, just an aside that oh, was given to the yesterday. UK. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Adelaide is the only city that was settled not by convicts right yeah, yeah. in Australia. And, and when that's
1: fascinating were, in itself.
3: When they were promoting, you can hear it in the accent, <laughs> I reckon. When you when they were promoting it, they said, "Come to Adelaide. We don't have any droughts or flooding rains. The weather is conv- pleasant all the time. And if you've been to just Adelaide, well. yeah, you know that that's a <laughs> lie. Because hot. Adelaide is really hot yeah. and has been for a very long yeah, yeah. time, and it's and really some really cracking
2: storms because they've seven. Tornadoes last year. Oh, wow. and No that's way. They, Seven. Well, that's yeah, when That they, was the thing that pulled down the, yeah, the, the power lines. lines, right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that transition, was a huge, sorry, not yeah, transition. that was from a big extra tropical mm-hmm. cyclone.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so bringing it back to the outlook,
1: yeah. Andrea, sorry. And look <laughs> at Christmas. Yeah. Hang on, let me ask, be the first <laughs> to ask for her. Christmas oh forecast isn't it? What? No, Is what people were like, they totally. was like, well, wasn't,
0: wasn't there some yeah. strawberry farmer who said it was going to be 26 degrees and sunny with cloud increasing or something? Oh, average temperature? A- yeah, average temperature. I know Exactly, <laughs> climatology, <laughs> but At the average temperature,
1: exactly.
0: Nice. Um well, I think
2: really to talk about the outlook, we do have to talk about what's happening with the climate drivers. Um, so basically at the moment, and, and for most of this year, we've been in fairly neutral conditions. Over the last few months, and Lyndon, feel free to jump in here whenever you feel like it, um, there has been some cooling of the tropical Pacific. So that's over more towards um, the United States and Mexico, um, and which is more towards a La Nina pattern. But it's been a little bit kind of hedging both ways
3: yeah it's it's actually been quite interesting i think this year so this year has been quite warm it was i think it might have been one of the warmest septembers on record globally Uh, globally globally, i think which is quite interesting because normally that happens during an el nino event but of course this year the pacific ocean has been stubbornly neutral Uh, and andrew is right the last few weeks we have had a bit of Cooler water off the coast of South, off the west coast of South America, which can mean La Niña conditions, but it's not really propagating over to the Australian area. What yeah. you want for a La Niña that's going to affect Australia is cooler waters over near South America and warmer waters off the north coast of Australia, and we're not quite seeing. No, that. No, that's right. We're yeah. really not seeing yeah. that. So
1: the old Southern Oscillation Index. That's, yeah,
3: the, one. that's the models it. are also suggesting. Andrea taught me
1: that many years ago, I <laughs> <laughs> yeah. forgot. It.
3: That's the that's the pressure. Yeah. our relationship with the ocean temperatures mm-hmm. and I think most of the models are saying that there's not much that's going to go on
2: No, and if, if at anything if we were to sort of head towards La Nina it might be that it would be a very, very quick event okay. um, and for Australia we're really not expecting to see, um, because we've got the sort of, the quite neutral waters to our north, we're really not expecting even if it does just get to that La Nina phase, um, we're not really going to see um, the type of effects that we might normally see, which is increased rainfall, increased tropical cyclone um, activity, that sort of thing. So for our tropical cyclone outlook for this year, um, it's basically just we're expecting an average number of cyclones. What that means is we generally get between 10 and 13 Australian waters um, in a season, and we usually have around four across the coast. Now, two seasons ago, we only had three cyclones in the whole season. Yeah. Last season, we only had one up until about, I think, late February, um, and then it was really just right towards the end of March um, and even into April where we had about eight form really quickly.
3: That is something that is really interesting to me. I didn't know that about tropical cyclones. So you have the season, but that doesn't Which mean...
2: Is November through to about April.
3: Okay, so starting pretty soon. But they mm. can form quite early in the season or they can form quite late, and it's not sort of a regular... Every three weeks, bang. Exactly. exactly You can have nothing and then bang, 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 bang. They all happen at once. And
2: as we saw with Debbie last year, it only takes Mm. one... Um, to make a really bad season. Now, Debbie was quite phenomenal. I think when I'd been in here last time, we were sort of still mm. looking. We were, had a bit of a look back, and there were some phenomenal records of the precipital water with Debbie, um, which I think just to remind the listeners is if you basically took the column of air above your head and you condensed all the water, the precipital water um, reading in millimetres is how much water you would have if you condensed it. And we had records set um, last summer... Um, and with Debbie um, for the precipital water and we saw phenomenal rainfall looking back the um, Queensland the South East Queensland rainfall was about a one in 500 year event and New South Wales uh, I think they've um, their report saying it was about a one in 1000 year event which is just phenomenal Mm. Um, so this season we don't have any strong influences um, with the climate drivers um, so we're really just looking at an average number of cyclones but you know that doesn't mean that we're not going to get another big one might have three really big ones like we just don't know
3: and that also doesn't mean that um if it does if if a storm in the tropics doesn't get to cyclone status and it doesn't get a name that doesn't mean that it can't you know, cause you know, a bit of, cause some impact. Right? Yeah.
2: We had We, we had a lot of tropical lows that formed last year. What they lack is the strong winds um, and the storm surge potential that the cyclones yep. have, but like the Kimberley was flooded. Mm. They got hit mm. with, oh gosh, I can't, I think it must be like five tropical lows in a really short period of time. And the Kimberley um, and parts of the Northern Territory just absolutely slammed with rainfall. Um, so there's definitely still potential there, even if we don't have the actual cyclones forming. And, and even, so my,
1: my understanding with the, you know, the recent impacts on the coastal United States on the East Coast is that a lot of the damage wasn't caused necessarily by even by the storm surge of the cyclones, but by the intense protracted rain for like weeks afterwards. we're really? Yeah, about, yeah. Sure. yeah, yeah. Like a yeah. huge amount of rain yeah. um, that and can that, just go nowhere, you know. I mean,
2: that's it. And, and that's what I think has really started to kick off some really interesting discussions, which we might get into um, a little bit later. But mm. um, yeah, there's definitely a lot going on. And I guess the last thing for Victoria that I really wanted to mention was just heatwave potential. Um, so already this season we've seen incredible heat um, through Queensland and New South Wales, really, really early heat. I mean, we've had records absolutely smashed, and that actually did extend as far down to Victoria because Mildura um, recorded its... Oh, let me think what this was. I think it was its hottest September day on it was, record. It was its hottest
3: September day on record, 37.7, and it was a new September maximum temperature record for the state, so the hottest wow. ever Temperature recorded in Victoria in September. 10, and and Melbourne
2: also recorded um, its hottest or its earliest ever 30 degree day. So that was back on the 23rd of September. Um, we'd never seen a 30 so early in Melbourne. So,
3: But small caveat the Melbourne weather station has moved a few well, years ago, true. which might affect it slightly. Yeah. Sorry, asterisks.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Very valid. Yeah, but yeah, still, I mean, just a really interesting um, thing to see. Now, last summer we had actually the heat waves tended to be more further north. Like we had huge um, heatwave conditions through Queensland and and New South Wales in January and extending into February. We didn't really see that down here, which is Hmm. part of why we had such a benign fire season. Um, But certainly this year, the potential is there. We're very, very dry um, our our basically there's just no moisture to evaporate to help to cool us down. Um, and we're looking at weather systems that could potentially cause some prolonged heat waves. So I guess why what I really wanted to just say to everyone out there and that's listening is this be prepared this summer. We might not see really extreme mm. heat waves and bushfires. But the potential is absolutely yeah.
1: there. So don't be lulled by last summer. No, exactly. the because you do, you, you think, oh yeah, you yeah, know, it was, wasn't so bad last year. No, and, be okay. and
2: because we're so dry, um, mm. it's really not going to take very long for us to, to, you know, pick up these, um, dangerous conditions very quickly.
1: Yeah. And the urban fringe is getting further and further out it where is. sadly people who live in, in some of those suburbs that are basically right on the edge of nature. Let's and call not, it. And they don't probably, know, they, they've not experienced it. No, that's right. Mm.
2: And, and especially as we, um, like you say, as we move out, Outwards, um, as families who maybe have grown up in the city mm. moving outwards, they're not familiar with how quickly things yeah, can change. Yeah.
1: All right, let's take a break, uh, and we'll come back in just a moment where we're moving into climate and other stuff now, so the longer-term stuff, the real stuff. Yeah, Three. Uh, You're listening to 3RRR. It's amazing what happens during the break with these three, uh, meteorological type minded people. They go nuts. Anyway, uh, we're back on the air now, so you have to behave. Lyndon? <laughs>
3: I wow. haven't been misbehaving, just to clarify. I've just been talking about science, which is what we always do here. Mm. Uh, so Andrew has told us about what's going to happen in, in the next few months. We know a bit more about these extreme events. But I wanted to talk a little bit about how we monitor these kinds of things, particularly cyclones, over the long term. So mm. how we can sort of identify if there's been any changes in their behaviour or in their frequency or any, any trends, right? Because that's sort of the next question, particularly at the moment. So... Um, Hurricane Ophelia, I think, is the 10th named, 10th consecutive named hurricane in the Atlantic Ocean. Hurricane Uh Ophelia is tracking its way towards the UK at the moment. And, uh, the UK. The UK, yeah, I think it's going to hit Ireland. Oh my gosh. Yeah, Twitter is suggesting that it might, um, destroy Trump's golf course. I don't know.
1: (laughs) I don't know. Do people in the UK know what to do with a hurricane? Well, they get
3: severe extratropical cyclones I mean, the weather's just generally
1: shitty, but this is a bit worse than that. I think they're
3: they're prepared, from what I can understand. They've been putting out a lot of warnings. Drinking lots of
1: cups of tea or something. (laughs) 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 One of the the warnings, don't walk towards the wall.
3: (laughs) Anyway, the point of this statistic is not to be vaguely racist. The point of the statistic
1: is... There's a lot of different races living in the UK. They're all just not used to this weather.
3: (laughs) Anyway, we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Uh, But this... 10 named cycle, named hurricanes ties the record for the most hurricanes in the North Atlantic. Right. Right? So there's, there's so a lot and people are thing. like, what's going on? Is this, hur- mm, is this climate mm. change? Where's this trend? Uh, but the thing is that looking for long-term trends, yeah. as you might expect me to say, in these kinds of extreme severe events is very difficult because changes in the way that these things were observed makes it really hard to tease out what's actually a trend and Mm. what is Mm. changes in how we look at them. So for example, now we've got heaps of awesome technology that helps us monitor these. We've got satellites, we've got infrared satellites which help us look at the cyclones at night. We've got yep. radars which can help us look at the wind and the precipitation and we've even got 3D radars so we can see kind of where the most extreme rainfall is happening. Uh, people also use weather balloons. They've been around for a while but they're still really important to monitor what's happening vertically in the atmosphere, all that vertical shear and all that fun stuff we were talking about before. Um, the UK also, the US sorry, they use planes Mm. Oh, yeah, those crazy yeah. hurricane those crazy Yeah, oh my god! <laughs> I, I had no idea. Yeah. They like fly right into the storm. Did, they get super they, close, yeah. and then they drop. Yeah. Instead of balloons, they drop. They yeah. called sons and so they can get information about. You know I, I actually it's like thought.
1: I, well, I actually yes. thought that the, like the only way I could ever get a one-upmanship on um on Andrea with her some some tornado or something. She anyway um <laughs> would be to beam one of those planes and say I flew into a hurricane. Oh my god! Take that. <laughs>
3: I reckon um, I could handle that. I think it's
1: awesome. No. I would, I would just my deposit mama, vomit all my the through like right now. Oh, a bit of vomit for that experience. <laughs> I'm all for it. Yeah, that's
2: okay. <laughs> but yeah. it is like that. It's like what they were trying to do in the in the movie Twister where they're trying yeah, to put Dorothy up yeah. into the tornado. Yeah. This is like what they're doing with hurricanes. But yeah. with a yeah. hurricane, like with yeah. with yeah. hurricane yeah. I'm really not
3: a tornado. No, no, hurricanes, tornadoes, different, different. things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and Dorothy, the, the little... Things spoilers that they use cans of diet coke to get the them <laughs> yeah. to fly. They go up, whereas these drop suns, they sort of yeah oh, go yeah. down. Oh yeah, that's and... cool stuff. Anyway, they mm. also have buoys. We've got buoys all around the ocean, so we can monitor, like you were saying, off there the temperature, temperature of the yeah. ocean, you know, to a meter by height, meter scale everything. exactly. Yeah, yeah. So we've got heaps of info now.
2: Mm. Another really interesting thing, just to, to throw in there, is um, when you look at the land mass of the northern hemisphere, um, which is really you know it's predominantly land um, in the southern hemisphere. We're predominantly ocean. So measurements probably in the northern hemisphere are probably a lot more dense um, than what we have in the southern hemisphere. I mean, it's always been like that. Mm. Um, and with boys in the southern hemisphere, it's definitely increasing. Um, but that's definitely something that pro- kind of uh, adds to the difficulties in monitoring these systems. Absolutely. And what Absolutely. Was it?
1: Like, so in Australia about a hundred years ago, was it just some surfer dude up in Darwin going, <laughs> Jeez, crikey, it's really, <laughs> it's really windy. And he wrote that down. You and that a
3: postmaster general. Yeah, there's a lot <laughs> of postmasters. <laughs> yeah. A lot of postmasters and a lot of ships. Yeah, and a lot yeah. of islands. So before, you know, satellites came in in the 60s. Yep. Uh, these like hardcore planes were around since the Second World War. Right. We've been using weather balloons since about the yeah, 1930s, well, yep. but only kind of sporadically. And so before that, yeah, we were reliant on ships on um, coastal observers, like, Crazy your, surf, like your mate, Crazy guy. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> uh, and, and island stations as well. Yeah. So when it comes to looking at a, a basin-wide or even a coastal-wide, how many cyclones have we had, like how many land... Fallen mm. cyclones mm. and how many just cyclones that, like you say, Andrew, we have 10 to 13 in our basin, but only four hit land. And before we could see the sea, we would only know about four.
1: Yeah. So and I even, mean, even the ones that were out at sea, I mean, uh, you talk about ships, but you, you wouldn't give me ships to go, Hey, there's a cyclone over there. Let's go and have a look. Exactly. See how big it is. Yeah. So we can report back. Yeah. Like, no, no, no. They turn around and go the other way. Mm-hmm. So, the,
3: so there, there is the Pasha bulk up Exactly. I don't think they had a, the choice. Unintentionally. Really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They were unintentionally measuring that East coast low. So there is an international um, database of cyclone tracks, and that's mm-hmm. collected painstakingly over years and years. Collected all of this information from all these different basins, and that goes back to about the 1840s mm. for uh, the South Indian Ocean, which was a major trade route, yep. and then it go it starts in about the 1860s in the North Pacific. But globally, we've only got records until about 19 from 1945. So, which, is not very, okay. which isn't no, that very long And, and no, no, still, no. there's big changes in how things were observed, you know. So if we're looking at, oh, have storms become more intense, that intensity, as Ailey said before, is measured by the pressure at the very centre of the cyclone. And the way in which that was, has been observed has changed a lot over time.
1: And one, one question I have there is, when, when we look for cycles in things, you know, so for example, you know, the sun has 11 year cycles and so forth and things like that. I mean, how do we know what to, what sort of range of cycle to look for for something like hurricanes? I mean, how do you know that you should look for like a three year cycle rather than a 50 year cycle? Because if you're, if you're midway through a 50 year cycle, it's pretty hard to see that you're yeah, in a 50 year well, cycle. And
0: that's exactly the problem. Right. So yeah. yeah. do, do we have an idea? Of well, I mean, you can, <laughs> the only reason you know is if you know there's some other mechanism that,
1: mm, a driver, a uh,
0: driver yeah. effectively that, that, yeah, mm. regulates or modulates you know, number of cyclones or intensity of cyclones mm. or something like that. But the the reality is, we don't know a lot of this stuff, yeah. and so yeah. you're kind of it's it's up to you to to look for the patterns and then see if there's a possible mechanistic explanation for it. But yeah, and I, I think what Lyndon will probably tell us about is the fact that there is quite a distinct long-term, what we call long-term variability, oh. kind of decade-to-decade decade, yeah, exactly. so cyclones. Yeah,
3: exactly. So there are decade-to-decade changes. Sometimes you'll have, yeah, lots and then sometimes you'll have not many and, you know, when you, you think about climate sceptics, for example, who love to cherry-pick their data, mm. they yeah, will yeah. stop drawing, you know, temperatures yeah, yeah. from 2014. They won't use the last three years because they're been yeah, really, really warm, you know, too, so it yeah. depends on the block of time that you're looking at mm. where you can find these kind of cycles. As Andrea said before, we know that El Niños and La Niñas have a bit of an impact and they work on a sort of two to seven year cycle. There's a multi-decadal variation within that where sometimes we get clumps of El Niños or clumps of La Niñas, and that can have an impact, but beyond that yeah, we're sort of still in the dark because we don't have this long-term record.
1: Well, and that was you know where i was going on that because mm. la nina and so forth i mean these cycles can be really long and then i remember once and all, i remember all the things you ever taught me was one is <laughs> so when, when you when you come off a really harsh one or an extended one you tend to get the opposite in similar halves of the quantities. so you know big ones lead to big ones and small ones like as you were saying earlier you know we're, we're sort of uh, at the moment we kind of don't know where we are yeah. and so we're not going to see a really nasty one straight away odd, are because you don't tend to get that after a sort of Flux, totally where average. You, yeah, average of the stuff. So you know, you have those big cycles. Yeah, it's true. Andrea <laughs> says, <it>. "If Andrea <laughs> I says, it's, remember
2: saying that, but it's uh... <laughs> true."
1: But you know, it's, it's that thing where we have extremes. You know, and you come, yeah. and, and it's about balance, right? Absolutely. It's about balance in, in the system. So when you when you come off a point of imbalance, um, you. you for a while, it takes a while to reach yeah, equilibrium, to, which is... To, yeah. sort of wiggle. And so the cycles can be really long for this. Yeah. And, you know, we see these great satellite maps now and you see the three cyclones, you know, lined up across the Atlantic, which is fascinating, but we haven't had that for, what, 40, 45 years at all.
0: Yeah, I mean, one thing you can do too is is look at climate models, for example, or, or weather models and things like that and run them out for long periods of time and try and see these things. But at the same time, if you don't understand the mechanisms and don't have the physics in the mm. model... To get that yeah. it doesn't capture it anyway. Yeah. And, so and it's-
3: extreme events like cyclones or really small scale yeah. things like That's thunderstorms, right. they're really hard to model correctly. So yeah. it's hard to tease. We that just out. don't yeah. have the
2: computing power. No.
3: Yeah. And and it, yeah, it's hard to approximate that. what's right. going on in the real world in these kinds of equations. Yeah. Right. So the the mo- point of the story is that it's it's hard for us to figure out trends, and so there's not a lot of confidence in. Any trends that we're seeing in cyclone activity. But the one, um, the one anomaly to that is the North Pacific, North Atlantic Ocean, sorry, where, uh, quite a few studies have found that the strongest storms there are getting more intense. So they might get the same amount of storms every year, but they're getting fewer and fewer category one and two, and they're getting more and more category four and five. And that has been found in lots of different studies. So that's sort of the only, Significant, um trend and study well, that we have got y- so you
1: know and again from the physicist viewpoint, more energy in the system, which is a, a, a fact, mm-hmm. you have to dissipate it somehow or it has to be transferred and moved around somehow mm-hmm. so however you want to think about it, some of this stuff has either got to either got to get more frequent or more intense or both. you can't have it becoming less and have more energy in the system overall. I' don't see how well, that's. Yeah, oh, yeah, oh. Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, <laughs> So, how is that we'll talk so the energy's no, got to go might. somewhere, though, right? No, absolutely. It's go it's,
0: it's, but not necessarily into tropical cyclones. No,
1: it may, and it may go into just melting ice, or it, it may could, go into other exactly, things. Exactly. But it's got to go somewhere. And yeah, so, absolutely. so when, when you have skeptics of this, you say, well, okay, I, I'm okay with that. You can be skeptical of that, but you've got to tell me where it goes, because yeah. it's got to go somewhere, and it's not going to just go into plant growth. You know, <laughs> sorry, but that's not going to happen. It's got to go somewhere significant. So yeah, anyway, but we're we'll, gonna, talk about that yeah. we'll talk about so that. So we're going to take a very short break, folks, just for a station announcement. You don't have time to go to the bathroom unless you take the radio with you. So uh, don't go far. Um, we'll be back in just a moment. Three. Like I said, you didn't have time to go to the bathroom. We're back.
3: Why are you looking quick. at me? I don't need to go to the bathroom.
1: <laughs> I'm looking at the pregnant person to <laughs> yeah, your yeah, left.
0: Yes. She's
1: been in here for almost an hour. <laughs> going to be getting difficult. Anyway, Haley.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Segway, right. Segway? Okay, good. Yeah, so, I mean, what we were just talking about before the break was, you know, the fact that, you know, Shane's, Dr. Shane's right. Energy's got to go somewhere, right? right? But the question is where does it go mm. does it go into tropical cyclones and i suppose this is the big question that everybody asks and i mean i was actually watching um an episode of the daily show the other day and trevor noah said something like oh you know it's it's impossible impossible to refute that these hurricanes are getting worse due to climate change and i my my scientist mm. brain kind of went yeah
1: you know, on that. because Sh- show me the link there's well there's mm. a
0: lot of i think simplified information out there that people um It's really easy to simplify the argument. And yep. the reality is a lot more complex. Mm. And
3: so. Particularly with cyclones, right? Oh,
0: particularly with cyclones. Cyclones are such complex beasts that it, it's, it's not as easy as saying, oh, oceans are heating, therefore cyclones are getting stronger. And that's unfortunately the, the kind of the easy line to take. Um, and, the, and it's easy to say. And, and I know that there was, there's been a lot of discussion over the years in the, the IPCC, which is the intergovernmental mm. panel on climate change reports on this. Uh, and a lot of the contentious stuff has really been about trends in tropical cyclones and future changes in tropical cyclones because it is so uncertain. But there are some aspects that are uncertain and there are some aspects that are more certain. And so I thought now we'd just kind of break those Hmm. down. Hmm. And if we go back to the start of the show, I talked about those key ingredients that we needed for tropical cyclones. And just a reminder, those were warm ocean waters, uh, that low, that Jargon word, we use vertical shear, so it changes in um, wind speed with with height in the atmosphere. they so. lack thereof. Or lack thereof, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yep. We want it to be fairly uniform yep. throughout the atmosphere. Uh, and the other one was we need that Coriolis force. Well, climate change ain't changed in the Coriolis force. No. The Earth is still spinning. We're yeah. still going to have that. It's going to spin for a while. It's going to spin for a while, so yeah. we don't need to worry about that anytime soon. The warm ocean waters. So that leaves us with the warm ocean waters and the shear situation. Um, and it's that shear thing, the, the, the winds in the atmosphere that people often forget about. They kind of go, warm ocean waters, the oceans are warming, therefore mm. tropical cyclones, mm. more energy, more fuel, feeding the tropical cyclones or hurricanes, whatever you want to call them. Therefore, things are going to get more intense. That's probably a bit of a simplified Mm. argument because, as you say, the energy's got to go somewhere. So what if some of the energy actually goes into, um, you know, transfers momentum and changes the winds and all of a sudden we get stronger wind speeds in the top of the atmosphere and we get more vertical shear and these tropical cyclones are ripped apart?
1: So they just don't so, have a Well, oh, we don't, oh, yeah, and yeah, the point yeah. is
0: we don't know because yeah. the tools that we use to try and diagnose this stuff and try and understand, you know, the theories and stuff behind it and um, the physics behind it really do give us a lot of mixed signals. Hmm. Um, and so detangling those signals from the noise is actually a really difficult thing. So in terms of changes to tropical cyclone, um, how often they occur, uh, how intense they are, stuff like that... Um, there's still a lot of unknowns primarily because it is not as simple as oceans are hotter there are more tropical cyclones now as Lyndon said before there's this trend in the north atlantic specifically um that seems to be indicating that there's big upturn in the number of really intense tropical cyclones and the other thing is that, uh, going back to the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, what they have said is that what we expect from theory is that we will get more intense tropical cyclones as we move into a warmer world. Now, the other thing that we have to think about in theory is that warmer atmosphere actually can hold more water. Mm-hmm. So this precipitable water that Andrea spoke about earlier... Um, and we've seen that in in a lot of the storms recently, particularly those recent ones in the US. Now, the data hasn't been fully analysed for this stuff yet so we can't draw any conclusions but Cyclone Debbie and stuff as well is a lot of these cyclones seem to have a lot more precipitable water than they did before now whether that's falling out as rain is a different story um, but they seem to be wetter like the sponges soaking up more water I suppose um, and then dumping it <laughs> and then dumping it exactly so so there is some indication that we're seeing stuff like that but again detangling that signal from the noise is awfully tricky business now the one thing Oh sorry so that's that's kind of the cyclone itself right but then there's also other effects of cyclones, one of the big ones being storm surge, mm, right mm. so storm surge is one of the, the biggest impacts that we get from tropical cyclones, es- especially
3: now, right I guess buildings are yep. okay more people are living on the coast, but yep. our buildings are generally stronger now more resilient to cyclones, but the storm surge yes. that's the killer really yeah. exactly
1: F- Fukushima good example wow. well, well, not quite a storm surge, but but <laughs> ocean- no, you that think about ocean
0: surge yeah, yeah. you think about it, it was yeah. the
1: water that did the real yes, damage yes, there not.
0: Yeah, just you know, not associated the with the tsunami, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, yeah, yeah. not a cyclone. Yeah. Exactly right. So, um, Yeah, it sure is. Um, so in that sense, storm surge is associated with a couple of things. It's associated with the central pressure of the cyclone, so how strong the cyclone is. Um, but it's also associated with the average height of the sea levels. We've got sea level mm. rise. All of a sudden, we have a little bit of an extra um, amount of... Uh, storm surge. Storm surge. Yeah. Exactly. And we actually saw this with Hurricane Sandy, which hit, um, New York City, yeah. uh, actually on Halloween a couple of, a few years ago now. And there, that coincided with a king tide or a high tide. So the, the sea levels were up anyway. It was a strong storm. We've had about 20 odd centimeters, 15, 20 odd centimeters of sea level rise in that area. And that was just enough to flood Battery Park down the bottom of, uh, the island of Manhattan all went down into the subways bang the subways were out mm. for mm. like weeks
1: yeah weeks yeah. and
0: so that tiny little amount of sea level rise um Cause well had a big effect mm. so it's something you really need to think about so it's it's not only changes in the cyclones themselves but also their their subsequent yeah. impacts. We're going to need a part two. Yeah, we yeah. are. We're going to need a part two. Okay. There's
1: so much to talk about. Look, uh, it's been great. Now I'm I'm excited for 2018, Andrea, for you, and not Thank because you. of the, you know the child thing. No, no, not because, oh, not of, because of that. Of that. <gasps> Look, that's great. But no, last year for you it was Southern Oscillation Index. You were so excited <laughs> about. It. This year it's Precipitable Water Column. Like, whoa. So What's what is that? Tw- Is it going to be thunder snow or something like oh my that? Gosh, because it I mean be. that could be. But you know. <laughs> Next year, I want another one from you because, you know, these ones are just, you know, they've been good. They've been pretty good. <laughs> That's great. Presumably a water. Um, yeah, folks, you learn a new term every year. One term a year from Andrea. I'll,
0: I'll try and come up with a doozy. <laughs> what about baroclinic instability? Oh no, let's settle say down. It. Oh, settle down. That's jumping into
1: two. Uh, Andrea, thanks so much. We're going to see you again soon before you have that baby. Oh
0: my goodness. All yeah, right.
1: All right. I'll get these two to bully you into it at work this time around. Uh, Lyndon, thanks so much. We'll see you probably. Pleasure as always. Any week, next week, whenever I'm not sure when you schedule on, but it's soon. And great to have you back, Ailey.
0: Thank you. Good yeah, to
1: be back. You know, you're welcome back whenever you want. We'll just kick Lyndon out. No, actually no, we're keeping her. No, we're we're keep her, we're her as keep well. As yeah, well now right. because she's been so great yeah. Um, But yeah, good to have you in the studio and I'm glad things are going so well Thanks so, Dr Shane, it's
3: good to be here
1: I'm Dr Shane, thanks so much for listening to Einstein and Go-Go We're going to hand over now to the great team from Eat It uh, Cam is already over there in the studios I can see him and uh, Matt Stevens waving at me So we will leave it there Have a great Sunday, according to Andrea It's fantastic outside, so go and check it out We're stuck in the studio, but uh, it'll be fun Catch you again next week